umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. And we have the unfortunate duty to talk about the game, the game, the game. This year's edition seeing Michigan fall by a score of 42 to 13. Well, Andy, what did you think about that one? Well, I didn't like it, naturally. Neither did you, neither did any true Michigan fan. But I think that Ohio State truly earned it. They were obviously the better team. We we couldn't defend the run, and we couldn't run the football. Being a play-action-pass type of team, if you can't run the football, you have trouble throwing the ball. I didn't think the protection on Rudolph was good. But I thought he has really come on, and he was a sterling choice by Harbaugh. He's uh, looking better all the time. Let's hope that he's well enough to play this next time. So what do you think the key of the game was for the Buckeyes' utter domination? Because I will tell you, I was really surprised after the way we... After the way it seemed that the Buckeyes were imploding last week, I thought that Michigan really had a good opportunity to come into this one. And, and, you know, I think I'm really disappointed, not just at the loss, but at the size of the loss. Um, I think one of the great things that you said um, when we were discussing the game up in the press box is that, you know, if this was three or four years into a coach's tenure, this is a kind of disappointing loss that that puts your tenure or puts your job on life support. And we obviously know that that Coach Harbaugh's status is very secure, but this was a very disappointing loss. What do you think the main key or the main thing that Michigan couldn't, uh, the main weakness that Michigan had heading into this game that that the Buckeyes exploited? I think that the Buckeyes knew why they got Elliott going. There was all that business about him. Uh, publicly uh, disparaging uh, the coach, coaches and so forth, and the way they called this number last time. So I knew that this time they would stress him, and I feared uh, because of injuries, because of the hurry-up offense that tires out our defense, all these things uh, were thrown into a melting pot that uh, just destroyed Michigan's dreams. The best team won. The thing that killed Michigan, they did a lot of things that you can name what Michigan couldn't do, but the thing that killed them in this game was that Ohio was the better team, and they played better. They're faster, they're stronger, and they're more experienced. So uh, it's a big order to beat this Ohio State team, and Michigan State didn't... Uh, didn't uh, soften them up enough for us physically, apparently. So, anyway, it was discouraging, but it is what it is, and we'll move on from there. One of the things that you need, if you're playing a team that is dramatically deeper than you and, and better, is you need really good special teams play. And it's interesting this season because overall, I would say that the special teams have improved, but it's been kind of the, the best of times, the worst of times. And in this game, you know, you, you had the situation where Michigan had 
Ohio State pinned in the shadow of their of their own end zone and had that really unfortunate roughing the kicker play that basically just you know Ohio State not only got the ball back in the first down but then drove down the field and for me that was really the turning point in the game in that you could see how everything was going and you could see that um, you know at that point, Michigan was playing about as well as they could. Actually, it looked like they were going to be in really good position. And then you saw that, and, and Ohio State just drove down the field and, and you know, shot daggers. So um, that really was a, a foreboding moment for me. It was, and you know, I think you can blame the coaches on that too because that had to be called. It made a lot more sense to me rather than to call that, uh, try to block that punt, that if they uh, tried for a run back with Peppers back there, they might have done a lot better. And at least he's pretty reliable, doesn't drop the ball when he receives it. Uh, so I-, I thought that was a coaching mistake, and I thought it was the mistake of the game. I thought it turned that game around. Michigan was never the same subsequent to that. All of a sudden, uh, they were down seven and then got another seven laid on them right away and couldn't score until the very, very end of the, of the first half. Now, that was a nice march. That was something that we can be proud of. So they went down there and they finally got seven. And that was a beautiful pass by Ruddick to Chesson on that flag route he was cutting in. Uh, to the to the flag there and got in and I'd like to say that he might be the most improved skill position guy on that team on Saturday Ruddock. Well, unfortunately, Ruddock had that injury, so we don't know exactly yeah. what his status will be if he'll be back for whatever bowl game uh, Michigan's going to find themselves and you know. There was a lot of disappointment for me in this game because, you know, it reminded me a lot of the latter um, the latter tenure of Lloyd Carr, where the season would end either the regular season or or the full season, including the bowl, would end with just a really crushing defeat, and it was the kind of thing where it kind of casts a, a, a shadow over over the off season. And, and that's how this felt to me. Um, you know, this wasn't a fluky play that, that happened against Michigan State where Michigan really played well enough to win the game. I mean, let's call this what it was. It was an ass-kicking. And I don't... No, I, I, I was going to say I didn't anticipate it. No, I know I didn't anticipate it. If anything, I really thought that the way Michigan was surging and the way Ohio State was waning, that, that perhaps this was going to be a really resounding um, victory for Michigan. And, you know, it was very workmanlike, and it was dominant, and um, it really appeared to me that Ohio State basically, um, you know, that the Michigan defense, especially up front and in the linebacker ranks, just ran out of steam. Too many injuries, too much, uh, not enough depth. And again, you mentioned previously that you know the, the quick pace of the play, and you know Ohio State spread them and sliced and diced them all the way down the field, and really it was it was a clinic. Whereas the last few seasons, um, Michigan had saved 
probably their best performance for the game versus Ohio State. And he had come, you know, very close to winning um, two years ago when Devin Gardner, you know, drove Michigan back in that fourth quarter and, you know, had a chance on that ill-fated two-point conversion to, to put them in a position to win. And even Michigan playing pretty well for three and a half quarters down in Columbus last year. This one was over uh, not too long into the second half. And you really had, you know, knowing the, the position that Ohio State was in, needing not only a victory but a dominating victory, that you could really see that it was going to get ugly very quickly, and it, and it did. Um, you know, I'll give the players credit. Um, we didn't see a lot of cheap plays that sometimes we've seen in the past. You know, they they basically, you know, there was a little jabbering and, and jawing here and there, but, um, you know, they, they basically kept things um, above board. But, man, this was a, a an unexpected, dominating victory by Ohio State. And, you know, whereas you entered that game hoping if Michigan won, that they might have a chance to slip into the Big Ten championship game. And, um, you know, so Michigan didn't take care of their business. And, and again, it, it didn't matter because, you know, Michigan State walloped Penn State. But for a day that opened with such hope to end with such disappointment, um, like I said, it, it really, this one's gonna gonna leave a bad taste um, for a while because you know the reality is we we look at Hoke's first season where at this point he was nine and three, and Harbaugh's first season where he's nine and three right now, and I, I think there's night and day difference between those two, but. The reality is, is Hoke's first year they beat Ohio State, and that was a really well, nice well, way. Let's 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 hang something on that. There's a caveat that has to go on that. He didn't beat Urban Meyer's team. He didn't beat any kind of national championship team. Uh, they were at their low point when Hoke's team beat it. It's kind of a different situation than it is. Now. It, it, it is a different situation. I, I'm not arguing it, and I said there's a vast difference between this nine and three and that nine and three. But boy, it was sure nice to end on a victory against Ohio State, even if it was a gap year, you know, between Trestle and Meyer. Um, and, and I'll tell you, if I'm on the outside, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. If I'm on the outside, okay, with all the hype that Harbaugh brought, with all the hype that Michigan got this season. Um, they still lost to their their main rivals. Um, they had some some win, some victories that came down to the to the last minute, you know, in, in overtime against uh, Minnesota and Indiana. And you know, I, I heard uh, one of the commentators say, you know, this very easily could have been um, a seven and five team. So take the nine and three. And and move forward with that. Um, now, one of the big differences I see between this nine and three team and Hoke's nine and three team is really Hoke's offense was pretty much just coasting on the fumes of you know Denard Robinson and Rich Rodriguez. And I think I think the main difference here is that Harbaugh came in, brought Ruddock in, and really has developed a new offense. Um, in the pattern of, of you know past power football, Michigan. I mean, so I, I think that that's one of the big differences for me. What do you think, Andy? 
what you say is true. It's a very dis- it was a very disappointing game, but I'm not going to uh, let that weigh me down. I want to see now how they do in this bowl game. They've got 15 practices to go. Uh, I want to see how what kind of game they play there, and I'll bet you uh, a week's pay if I was working. That is, but I would bet you a week's pay that they will turn it around and whatever competition they have, they're going to be competitive in this game. The Stars didn't align right for the Wolverines on this Ohio State game. The fact that Michigan State whipped them the week before was bad news for Michigan. It always is. When a good team gets beat unexpectedly, is down, then the next week they're going to try to give it everything they have, and they just have more talent than Michigan. There's a gap there that they still have to bridge. And they had an even bigger gap during the Hope regime and during the Rich Rodriguez regime. I have to give the coaching staff, outside of that call that I didn't like, uh, that got the penalty on the punt, roughing the kicker, penalty. Outside of that, I thought they called a reasonable game again. They did what they had to do. They used Peppers. They didn't use him quite as uniquely as I thought they would. They didn't seem to spread him out and try to throw to him much or get him in space much. But you realize that he only received two punts? I would have liked to see him get at least three and have a chance for a run back because Yep, no doubt about that, but I think one of the, you know, one of the things that really worried me out of the gate is it sure seemed like, and listen, Peppers is great. I think you need to get him involved, but he really seemed to be the focus of pretty much every other play on offense to the point where it was almost like Ohio State could basically just target him. And he's an amazing player. And it's great to see him, you know, you know, being utilized. But I, I think, you know, heading into this game, it was clear that Michigan wasn't going to be able to run the ball um, with the state of their offensive line and, and basically just the dominance of, of, of Ohio State's linebackers and, def- and D linemen. So, you know, it's one thing to have trick plays. It's another thing when it seemed to be that that was one of the major legs of Michigan's offense. And they didn't go well. And um, I really thought that Ohio State started keying on on Peppers. And, you know, it's one of those things where, listen, if I'm Ohio State, or you know what, if I'm anybody, I'm never kicking to Peppers again. Okay? So I think that I think at some point we're going to start seeing teams just take him right out of the equation. Um but again, Ohio State didn't have to worry about that because they just they rolled down the field. So um, again, disappointing. Um, but but you know, but, but let's talk about the overall season, like you said, Andy. I mean, heading into this, heading into the season, and, and I have repeated it on these podcasts. I thought eight and four was was very realistic, and here we are at nine and three. That's a nine and three with a really fluky loss to Michigan State, um, but a loss nonetheless. But again, a game that Michigan played extremely well. So I feel really good heading into the into the bowl season. 
I think that we've seen some some real innovation on offense. And I think again the defense just got worn down and and uh, you know basically the lack of depth just just really caught up with them, you know, heading into this heading into the the last game of the season. And like you said, they have 15 practices. People will get healed up, people will get coached up. And overall, I'm you know I'm really excited not only for the bowl game but but for spring practice and and uh, the subsequent season next year. Well, if you're going to talk about this this team and on hopeful subjects, you have to talk about Jake Ruda because he has done a hell of a job and the coaches have done quite a job with him. One of the you know for him to get where he is, walking off off the street and become a Michigan man and part of a Michigan team uh, and learn a complicated offense and be able to take his licks and come back and spin it up. So Jake's done a lot of good and the coaches have to give him a lot of, a lot of credit for uh, coaching him like they have. But what really bothered me about that game is our lack of speed on defense. Our linebackers were slow. We never can cover the edges because people get out there faster than we can get linebackers and others out there to get them. So we had places where this team has to uh, be renewed with real talent on the offensive line and at running back. Can't take anything away from Smith. He catches the ball, he runs after, he's the best blocker they got in the backfield on a pass play and everything. But Smith on first down, when they don't have real good field position, he's not going to get much. He gets one, two, three yards. And he once in a while, he'll churn it and really get it. But what they need are a couple of slashers with speed to run the football. And that that lack really is showing up now. I thought Drake Johnson would be a part of an answer for the season, but he's been banged up and hasn't been able to contribute much. I thought Ty Isaac would be pretty good and do a great job, and he's uh, been in the doghouse for a while. And really hasn't contributed. So they they've got they've got several areas that they have to get more and better players in and refurbish them before they become able to contest for uh, the division championship. So uh, there's still a work in progress, and when Harbaugh says, hey, we got work to do, indeed they do, but they've done a lot of work, and they are, in my opinion, still a rising program Disappointing as that game was, that they didn't show up and compete. Well, they showed up, but they couldn't compete. Uh, they are a rising program. And the regime, I think, with this set of coaches that are as good as anybody else's, they're going to do well. And they got to start doing well again uh, in this bowl game. So that's, that's going to be a very interesting goal because a victory there is going to be a very needed victory 
have to prove their mettle. They don't want the taste of this Ohio State loss to linger too long, and that's the only thing that will help take it away. All right, I completely agree. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.